Yes, then uh, actually I, I had the talk once in uh, Ballet Stream Zen Sangha before, which is about the one years ago, around this time. And that time I was talking from Japan. But this time, yeah, then after one is, this time I'm come, I went to Japan and I just coming back from Japan last week. So I'm talking now, it's the same time as you. So good evening. Yes, then, yeah, I saw some faces familiar. I, I saw last time, but the most of you is the first time, right? And today, actually, I'm, I'm talking about the uh, Soto Zen in North America. And my talk is uh, not so, so Dharma talk. It's more like a presentation about, I'm talking about the 100 years of the Soto Zen in North America. Because actually in North America, this year, 2022, we have a 100th anniversary year. This year's 100th anniversary. And for these 100, uh, 100 years, many, many Japanese priests came from Japan. And yes, most of you know Shunryu Suzuki Roshi. And Hakuyu Maezumi Roshi. Actually, this Shunryu Suzuki Roshi is the familiar with the branching stream. And now the Hakuyu Maezumi Roshi, he's so familiar, uh, he's a found, uh, actually his, his student organized the white pram. And, but before they came, there's more history of the Soto Zen in here. So I'm starting from the 1903. In the 1903, two Japanese priests came from Hiroshima to Hawaii. And at that time, Hawaii is not in the North America, but this is very important thing for the uh, American Zen, so I'm starting with that point. So, 1903, there's two Japanese priests came from Japan for the Japanese immigrant in Hawaii. And they found two temples in Hawaii. And after that, the Japanese immigrant built main temple in Honolulu. And 1913, one priest called Hosen Isobe. He came from Japan. From he was came from Yamaguchi Prefecture. It's next to Hiroshima. And he came to be a he he was appointed as abbot of the main t 
temple in Hawaii, the temple called Shoboji. And at that time in Hawaii, the most of the Japanese immigrants coming from Hiroshima and Yamaguchi prefecture is next to each other and most of them coming from there. So the nat naturally the priest from Japan were came from that area. So 1913, Hosen Isoben was came to Hawaii. And in 1915, at that time, Japanese head priest of Soto Zen in Japan called Hiyoki Mokuzen. We called him the Hiyoki Zenji. Zenji means head priest of the Soto Zen. He came to San Francisco in 1915. He came to San Francisco to attend the Buddhist Federation. World Buddhist Federation in San Francisco. And that time he found there's also there's many, many Japanese immigrants in the mainland. So on the way back, he stopped at Hawaii and Hiyoki Zenji asked to ask to Reverend Hosen Isobe to go into the mainland to do the dissemination to the Japanese immigrant in the mainland. But uh, after many years, he wanted to come, but he couldn't make it because of the, the, there's no route, there's no connections at that time. And in 1921, one Japanese immigrant went to Hawaii to ask Hosen Isobe to come to the Los Angeles to start the dissemination of the Soto Zen to the Japanese immigrant. So in 1922, Reverend Hosen Isobe went to, came to mainland Los Angeles and he start little from little little place called Zenshuji in little Tokyo in Japan uh, in Los Angeles and so 1922 so we called that is the beginning of the Soto Zen of North America so from from that point we counted this year is 100th anniversary anyway in an anyway so after that 1926 is quite four years four years later he arrived he built the temple called Zenshuji in Los Angeles, in, in uh, Little Tokyo, in Los Angeles. 
And after eight years, he moved to San Francisco. Then he built one more temple called Sokoji, which was built in 1934. So still, these two temples in, in the mainland, in the North America, we have just only two Japanese temples, Zenshuji and Sokoji. And, but these areas, there's many, many Japanese immigrants. So many Japanese priests appointed, I mean, to coming to help these two temples. And you, you know, you, of course, you know, in the, in the 1940s, there's World War II. And after the World War II, still the Japanese immigrants keep the temple and the, they protect the temple and the, they keep on their activities in the, these two temples. And in 1956, one priest came from Japan. His name is Hakuyu Maezu, 1956. And after three years, 1955, one more priest came from Japan. His name was Shunryu Suzuki. And actually the Maezumi, uh, Hakuyu Maezumi, Maezumi Roshi was came to Los Angeles to help the Zen Shuji. And Suzuki Roshi was appointed as abbot of the Sokoji in San Francisco. And after one year, Shunryu Suzuki Roshi came in 1960 the new director of North America was appointed. His name was Leiden Yamada. And in the 1960s, he came to America. And what he did is he was thinking, until that time, most of the activities just only for Japanese immigrants. And actually the the temple was protected. The temple was like a place for the Japanese community. But the new director, Leiling Yamada, he was thinking it's the time to open the sotos and teachings to the local people. I mean, outside of the temple. So he asked for two temples, Zenshuji and Sokoji. Their Zazen classes open to the public. Then at that time, Sokoji was the uh, abbot, was a uh, Suzuki Roshi. And then Shuji, they opened their Zazen classes to the public by lead by Maezumi Roshi. Then, as soon as they start 
open to the public, there's many, many people coming to sit. And actually the class is getting bigger, bigger and bigger. And actually the San Francisco is a bit faster than Los Angeles. So after one year, Suzuki Roshi decided to have a place outside of the Sokoji. And he found a place in Page Street, which is like six, seven blocks away from Sokoji. Because he has to take care of the Sokoji and another place. So they, he looked, he was looked into the places near the Sokoji and he found it. And that place was, I mean, that place is the San Francisco Zen Center. And they opened, they opened 1961. Then on the other hand, the Los Angeles, also Maezumi Roshi's class is getting bigger, bigger and bigger. So he found a place in uh, Korean town, which is like 10 minutes by drive from little Tokyo. So still he is taking care of the temple and also the Sangha. And the place in a Korean town called Zen Center of Los Angeles, and which was found in 1968. So the San Francisco Zen Center and Zen Center of Los Angeles is getting actually bigger, bigger, bigger. And yeah, most of I think most of you know about the histories of San Francisco Zen Centers or Los Angeles uh, Zen Center of Los Angeles. Actually, they, they found another place, I mean, another monasteries. San Francisco Zen Center found the uh, Tassajara in uh, Monterey. And also the Zen Center of Los Angeles found Yokoji. It's one hour by drive outside of the Los Angeles. And I don't know why, but the, they stepping so similar way. And also they are, they are so, yeah, they, they communicating each other so much. And uh, yeah, I had that many, many times they they're coming to San Francisco or uh, the, the Maizumi Roshi coming to San Francisco or Suzuki Roshi went to the Los Angeles many times. But on, on the way, the Zen Center is getting so busy and busy. So also they ask to the some, someone sent from Japan, someone to help sent from Japan. So they asked for the Japanese headquarters, Soto Zen, to send someone to help them. And 1963, 
one the priest called Dainin Katagiri. He came to help the Maizumi Roshi first time. And after that, he moved into the San Francisco to help the Suzuki Roshi. And 1966, priest called Kobun Chino. He came to the San Francisco to help the Suzuki Roshi. And the first time he helped the San Francisco Zen Center, then after that he helped the Haiku Zendo in Stanford. Then after that he moved into like a crowd. <laughs> so in the yeah I can say in the nineteen sixties the Zen Center was born and they are having they 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 keep their activities and growing and growing and growing and many ancestors, not many ancestors, many great teachers had many great disciples and that disciples going to own place or some other places then start the Zen Center. So Zen centers spreading from, from uh, the start, start from 1960s and until now, the Zen centers is spreading all over the mainland now. And in the 1980s, I mean, I mean, a nine, not in the 80s, 1975, priest called Shohaku Okumura, he came to the States and he was found Ballet Zendo in Massachusetts. And actually he found the, he had order from Uchiyama Roshi. Uchiyama Roshi was, was the disciple of the quite famous Zen monk in Japan. And Okumura Roshi was the disciple of the Uchimura Roshi and Uchimura Roshi asked him to open the Zen Center in the States. So he came to the, he came to the Massachusetts and he, actually he came with another, another person, two people coming from by the Uchiyama Roshi's order and suddenly he, he, they, start to making the Zen Center in uh, Massachusetts and in the middle of the mountains. <laughs> and still the Ballet Zendo is over there, but if, so if you have time, if you have a chance, please go there. And if you want the, the contact information, I will give, if you want the contact information, I will give you later. But after the, he found the Ballet Zendo in Massachusetts, he moved into the Indianapolis, and now he, then he found the temple called San Shinji and he's, he is still in uh, Indianapolis. And in the 1980s, in the 1982, priest called Gengo Akiba, 
first time he came came to visit the Zen centers in a, in a, he came to San Francisco Zen Center the first time. Then he visiting the Tassajara and any other other Zen centers for three months. Then he go back to Japan. Then he came back again in 1985. Then after two years, 1987, he found Kojin'an Zendo in Oakland. And Yes, Kojin and Zendo is still in, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, is in uh, Oakland now. So if you have a chance, they have, uh, they have, uh, they have services and the Zazen classes every Saturday, uh, every Sunday morning. So if you have a chance, please visit them. Then, Reverend Gengo Akiba, he became, he became a director of North America in the end of 90s. And he started the one project called Tempiozan Project, 90, uh, 2011, which is now actually we are working on. Actually, we are building the temple in uh, Lake County. And we nearly finished the Zendo now, and which I hope we will open to the public the Zendo from this autumn. So this is this is so short, short, short version of the hundred and hundred history of the Soto Zen. But what can I say is the, the Soto's and sheet came from Japan and spread by the, by the western wind and cultivated by local priests. And now we are facing this Soto Zen now. So most of the people i think you know what is the soto zen or what is the soto zen teaching and also still studying but the, this is 100 years anniversary so i want you to memorize or remember how the Soto Zen came to here. So, this is about what I'm, I want to talk tonight. <laughs> so, finally, so this year, I, I, I told you this year is the 100th anniversary of Soto Zen in the mainland. And many event coming up in November and also next 
much and more information is coming up the website called sotozen.us so please see that and we i mean we would like to you help and cooperate to celebrate the 100th anniversary together thank you very much so so we have uh time <laughs> we have time for questions is that we can take some questions yes Okay, well, we have a, a hand raised by one of our members, Barry Crawford. Yes. Hello, Hi, everybody. Thank you. thank you for the talk. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, I have two questions. Uh, one is, is San Francisco Zen Center um, considered an official tempo by Soto Shu? Like, is it it's like registered as a temple? Yes. Mm -hmm. Are the teachers registered as Shike? Do you know? Who? Uh, am I saying it right? Shike? Shike? Yeah. You're talking about Shike? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, at the moment, there's no Shike in uh, Hoshinji City Center. Okay. And also, the, oh, the three centers, there's no Shike. Okay. Uh, my second question is um, Tempiozan, am I saying that right? Tempiozan? Yes. Um, is that going to have Sashin and Ango? Yes, actually, I, as I told you, we want to start the angle from this autumn. Okay. But we are still stuck with the construction problems. Uh -huh. So if we, if we could solve the problem, which is, is, which is almost the water thing, because, uh -huh. because of the land, it's, there's many fire. So mm -hmm. the news has changed so much, but mm -hmm. uh, yeah, when we solve the problem with the, that thing, we will open to the public. I mean, we will start an angle in the, from next autumn. Mm -hmm. So you'll do a full traditional 90 day angle? Yes. And also, also, there's one more, the, the information, I mean, <laughs> the additional information. So in the nine, 1961, San Francisco Zen Center was the appointed as an official temple of Soto Zen. At okay. that time, the one that time Zenji, the head of the priest, Soto Zen priest in Japan, gave the name Zen Center. Okay. So the name. Zen Center was born in 1961. Mm -hmm. uh, one more question about um, Tempiozan. Um, yeah. Do you have to be, uh, I, I pronounced this wrong, Unsui, is that how you say it? Unsui? The trainee monks. Yeah, do you have to be an Unsui to sit at Tempiozan or can lay people sit there for Sashin and Ango as well? Uh, the Sashins and Sessions, yes, the lay people can join in. Uh -huh. But the angle is at the moment, the Reverend Akiba, the, our director, thinking the only priest can. Okay, okay. thank you.
for those that don't know, ongo is what we uh, typically refer to as a practice period, and it's yes. typically a 90-day period. Um, Oscar? Thank you, Jim. Thank you, Reverend Ito. Thank you very oh. much. I understand that um, Zen Shuji is going to have a lecture series. Yes. Uh, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about that. The yes, they are planning to the lecture cities on the uh, online, and actually they are starting from May, I think. And they are picking some teachers, and one of, one of them is the uh, our director called Gerling Godwin Konjin. And they they are giving the Dharma talk, and they are not particularly. They will not talk about the hundred thing. They are more like more Dharma talk, Dharma talk. Yeah. Then for more information, you can find the, yeah, sotozen.us. Also the zenshuji.org. So I will put the name in the chat now about the zenshuji.org. So you can find it on their website. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, we have another question from Dora Lee. Yep. Thank, thank you so much. It was really fascinating to hear, you know, all the particulars of what, 1903? Or did you say that went to Hawaii? Yes. Um, and all of the steps that came before what we know as San Francisco Zen Center and all of the people from Japan that came over, the priests and monks, it's very wonderful. And I, I also know that there were many people and still are from, from America who've been practicing Soto Zen go to Japan to practice too. Mm -hmm. And so there's really been this like exchange back and forth. And I, I guess I would be interested to hear from you, um, if there's been, you know, what the if there's been sort of cross fertilization or you know some dynamic um, unfolding of Zen through this these different cultures coming together, if that makes any sense. <laughs> yes, and uh, yeah, the Soto Zen at the moment in the, also in the Hawaii, North America, and South America. Basically, the Soto Zen coming from Japan and the, starting from the the temples for the Japanese immigrant. But you know, as you know, the Soto Zen teaching and Zazen they have a special special ability and also you know special special ideas and feelings and mood and everything. So it's the day went outside of the temple and you know the deep get into the in here is the Western cultures and in in uh, 
in South America, yeah, Latin cultures, and they are actually, if we go into the Zen centers in South America and North America, and it's a little bit different because they are cultivating with mixture of the, uh, the cultures. But still the main, main statue, main thing, they are keeping and also they are practicing so well and uh, I think it's a good thing yeah so ev everyone if you're going to the Zen centers in uh, South America or Europe and Hawaii yeah you can sit with them when uh... When uh, when uh, when I went to uh, with my wife to Eheji, uh some uh, two two three years ago now I guess um, uh, we we uh, were uh, had a uh, a monk who was our uh, escort in the temple and he he was um, he spoke excellent English and the reason was he was uh, the son of uh, a priest, a temple priest in Hawaii. Uh, yeah. So he, you know, the people who went to Hawaii now are sending, you know, their sons to, you know, Japan for training. And then I suppose come back to Hawaii to, you know, take over the temple there. So uh, I think this, this is kind of exchange is, is quite wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yes, exchange, exchanging, I can say, all over the world now. Yeah. So we have two more uh, questions. Uh, Richard, uh, would you like to ask a question? Hello, Richard. Hello. Um, thank you for the talk. Uh, I really appreciated the, the information and the history. Um, I felt like when you was uh, telling the history, I was uh, trying to visualize it in my head <laughs> step by step. Uh, so, yes, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask um, if you know um, what or what moved, um, I guess, the head priest back then to um, tell Shinraju, uh Suzuki to go out and open up classes mm -hmm. um, outside of the Japanese immigrant community um, to further throughout the Bay Area. Um, I wonder if you know the motivation for that or if they had one other, other than just to spread the teaching. Yes, actually, I, as, as I mentioned, Leiden Yamada, mm -hmm. Leiden Yamada, he was the uh, director of North America in 1960. And after after four years, he back to Japan and he became an abbot of Eiheiji. So mm -hmm. means after the after North America, he went back to Japan, then became a head priest of Soto Zen in Japan. Mm -hmm. And I think that is 1960. He maybe he felt about the the new generations wants mm -hmm. you know we call that counter culture 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think he thought he thought that zazen is fit into that culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I actually I didn't I didn't know what he did because I was not in Bonn that time. I and also I never talked with him. And mm-hmm. but I. Yeah, but the, you know, as I told, the Reverend Gengo Akiba, he's in Oakland now, mm-hmm. he was the last Jisha of the uh, Leirin Yamada. Mm-hmm. When he was in Eiheiji, uh, he was in training monk, he mm-hmm. did the Jisha for the Yamada Zenji. So last Jisha. When the Yamada, Yamada Zenji has passed away, Akiba Roshi was Jisha. So he had from, he had from him about the, about ninth, when the Yamada Zenji was in North America, what he thought. Yes. So, yeah, again, the Yamada Zenji was thought. The Soto Zen teaching is, I mean, uh, Soto Zen teaching have ability to to understand, you know, that everybody can understand. Mm-hmm. So now, in so he thought that time he was thinking to now it's timing to open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. That, that that makes complete sense. Thank you. Uh, Malia has a question. Um, yeah, my question is sort of like Richard's question. I was just wondering, in San Francisco, the original temple, Soto Zen temple, was mostly Japanese-Americans. Is, is that right? And is it still mostly Japanese-Americans, that particular temple? Yes. The most of, most of the the members of the Japanese American, but actually they are doing the Zazen classes every every Wednesday and Sunday. And now the many, many the local people coming to sit. So oh. if you go there the Wednesday evening, half past six, and also sun, Sunday morning, I think it's seven o'clock. Just knock there, and you can see, and you can see the venue. Uh, is it seems like there's not a lot of um, intermingling with the San Francisco Zen Center with that temple. Is that correct? E, e, yes, before, but recently, the. They have uh, so many exchanges, like many the San Francisco Zen Center's priests coming to join the ceremonies in the Sokoji. Should be last from last three years. Is that temple in Japantown now? Yes. Yeah, I've walked by there. Yeah, I've, yes. not, been, I've not been in though. They're not open all the time. 
<laughs> Not awful all the time, yeah, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, Wednesday and sun, sun, Sunday you can you can go and sit. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if you're if you're familiar with the with the book called How the Swans Came to the Lake. It's a mm-hmm. uh, by it's it's a book. Well, along the lines of the of what you're talking about, it's more though it's more it's a review of basically how how Buddhism in general came to the West. So oh. not, in addition to talking about, um, you know, Soto Zen, it talks about Tibetan Buddhism and, uh, you know, some other forms of Buddhism, those teachers, those early teachers. Um, and one of whom really intrigued me and had a connection to uh, Los Angeles was Nyogen Senzaki. And I don't... Mm. Well, I don't. I don't know if he was a Soto Zen priest, or do you know if he was Soto? Rinzai. Rinzai. I think he's Rinzai. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he was Rinzai. Okay. Yeah. Could I yeah. share my? May I share a really silly story? <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, um, Reverend Ito, you mentioned the Los Angeles Zen Center and. Way back when I knew nothing about Buddhism, but I guess my karma must have driven me because um, I lived about 25 miles east of Los Angeles and something sent me to the Zen Center of L.A. on Wednesday nights when they would have they'd be open to the public and we could go there and meditate. Mm-hmm. And so isn't it amazing? I, I had no idea that. Titus and Maizumi Roshi was going to be this big part of history. And everywhere I turn, they're all talking about Maizumi Roshi. I mean, I did my three prostrations in front of, I didn't know what I was doing, of course. And um, when we participated in the sitting, the Zazen on Wednesday nights, um, I was so curious. I even, you know how the, the person goes around with the stick and will hit you on, will wake you up. Well, I didn't know. I wanted to try it. So when they, they started coming around behind me, I, I, I bowed. And boy, was I surprised that they'd whack me so hard. I mean, it wasn't an easy tap. It was bang, you know. So I, I experienced some of that stuff. And um, so so here I am living in San Diego. I'm I'm Zooming with you folks in Sacramento and I feel like I've been it's been like a dream that I was a part of that history uh, not knowing what I was I've been um, I did uh, study with the Shin Buddhists for about seven years and I've been doing uh, Zen Buddhism for another seven years so here I am (laughs) thank you for listening to my my story no, it's, thank you very much. It was a very lucky accident that I happened to, my my path went that way. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. we we have a, another question or a comment from Barbara Boucher. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, Reverend, so much for this informative talk. You've really tied a lot of threads together for me. Uh, I'm just curious also uh, the history of the growth of Soto Zen in Europe. 
Did it happen simultaneously before, after? Um, what's the correlation with with Europe? Yes, the Europe is a bit different because, as I told you, the most of the uh, sort of the Japanese sort of Zen outside of Japan is starting from the Japanese immigrant, but in Europe. It's a, there's no Japanese immigrant. I mean, in the nine, in the early nineties. So it's a different way to they started. But the, so European sort of Zen is actually I can say start from the Deshimaru Roshi. He was studied under the. He studied the sort of the. Buddhism in Japan, and he went to the Paris in the 1960s, end of 1960s. Then he start called in the Europe they called Zen centers dojo. Dojo means place to sit or place to study. So the Deshima Roshi opened one small dojo in Paris. Then after that, you know, it's night you know in the nineteen sixties or seventies, it's same thing has happened in New York. Many, many, many people coming to sit or you know, the the organization, I mean they became an organization and it's many, many people involved in Soto Zen. But yes, in the nineteen I think it's beginning of the 19, 1980s, Deshimaru Roshi had died. And he ordained many, many priests, but none of them he never registered. <laughs> so when he died, there's no sort of priest in, in uh, Europe officially. So, yeah, this is again, at that time, Leilin Yamada, Reverend Leilin Yamada was the abbot of the Eiheiji and he was quite old, but he went to the, he went to Europe and he ordained three priests. And two, two of them, they still do, still the priest, but one, Another one, he, we don't know what he's doing now, but since then, you know, the European sort of Zen is, is growing, keep growing. And now, yeah, actually in uh, Europe, there is a kind of same number of the Sotos and priests is in Europe as a North American. If you're not speaking, could you turn your volume off or you mute yourself because you're getting some strange noises. Thank you. It's okay? It's okay now. Yes. So, yes, the in Europe, there's many, many the Sotos and priests now and some of them they studied in uh, Los Angeles, and some of them, they studied in San Francisco. Then, 
go back to their own place and they start they start to open the Zen center or called dojo. So now there's many, many sotos and priests in Europe. But still we have no you know, Japanese temple over there. No. We have only the we have only regional offices. Not like in uh, San Francisco, not like in uh, Los Angeles. So that brings me to a question. Um, our our guiding teacher here is uh, uh, Mio Leahy. I think you know him. Uh, yeah. Hartford Street Zen Center. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and he he and some colleagues, some some who all have Dharma transmission, you know, from various teachers here, um, went to Japan. Uh, some years ago, and they did a special ceremony. And um, my understanding was in that special ceremony, their Dharma transmission was somehow upheld and acknowledged by Soto Zen uh, Head Temple. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, can you explain what actually happened there? Or was that simply getting registered? Or what, what, was, what was that... What would would have been that ceremony? Yes, that is ceremony is the Zuise, I think. Okay. The Zuise ceremony was the the Lahei-san, Seigetsan, right? Seigetsan went to Japan and went to the Eiheiji and Sojiji right. and did yeah. and the morning service. Mm -hmm. And right. that is uh, the important ceremony for the to be a priest became a priest and you know it's it's so like a, it's so like a technical talk but in japan there's a license of the priest and also there's a license for the teacher for the priest registration we you can registrate outside of Japan. If you ordain from the, the, the legislated priest and he, the priest will register. You know, the people have ordained, they cannot register themselves. The teacher will register of you in Japan. Hmm. And after the, if you have the, when you have the Dharma combat ceremony, then after that, if you, if you have, when you have the uh, Dharma transmission and every steps, the teachers can register in Japanese Soto Zen. Hmm. And after the Dharma transmission, you can you will get the invitation from two temples, two head temples, and go there and do lead the ceremonies. That is a priest steps. But for the teacher's steps, it's a different thing. Teacher's hmm. license, that is only you can get in Japan. Hmm. Yeah, you should go into the Japanese monastery monastery for for 
one two flux period then you can get the teacher's license so priest license so and there's a priest what is the difference between teacher's license and priest license is that only priest cannot register their student hmm. only teachers can register their student i see yeah that is a bit complicated but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well we call that we call this going into the weeds <laughs> <laughs> if you want to if you want to know more i can go you i, I can visit you and uh, go farther well, probably we've gone far enough for the for the, the group tonight, but there, we have Charles who'd like to ask a question. Sure. Hello, Charles. I was think uh, I, this is Carolyn. Uh, Charles and I are watching together. Um, I was really struck about how powerful an organization is to survive a hundred years. And, it, and I'm delighted that you're celebrating this. And I, you know, and I also started thinking about the very dark time in our country in the 1940s about how we treated our Japanese citizens and our Japanese Americans. And I wondered how, how this organization survived that period of time. Yes, in, uh, you mean World War II, right? Yes, World War II. But we yes. sent all of them off to internment. And I hate to words, use the word camps, but prison. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes, actually that happens. Yeah, all the Japanese immigrants, yes. when, when World War II, they went back to Japan or went to the camp. Okay. Yes, and also in Los Angeles, Zen, Zen Shuji, and also the Sokoji was take it take took over by the uh, u.s government oh okay yes then the the members in the camp they collect the money in the camp and they keep sent to the Jap the u.s government to keep their temples oh okay so they keep keep send the money, you know. They, in that camp, they have just little little money, but the, right. they collect from the the members and they keep send it. Keep then, sending. Yeah. Then after the after finishing the World War Two, they released from camp, and that their temples returned to them. Wow, that's that's remarkable. That yeah. was a lot of dedication. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. And some some priests went to the camp with their members and they keep their services in the camp yeah. thank you well i don't see any more hands at this point um let's see i think there was some information you wanted to put in the chat uh yes so I will put the two names about the, the uh, 
This is Zen Shuji. And also, yes, these three words is uh, related to my talk. <laughs> and also some other, the San Francisco Zen Center, the Zen Center of the, uh, Los Angeles is related to my talk, but uh, that is uh, the Japanese side. Yeah. Well, we, we will try. We will try to pass on information about the the ceremonies and so forth that are upcoming for the hundredth anniversary. We'll we'll try to pass those on to the group here so they can be aware of of those yes. ceremonies and activities as they come mm -hmm. come up later this year. Yes. So there's uh, some some the many ceremonies, but the you know, please yeah, keep, they will keep update the event. So please keep watching them. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, there's many things coming up. And also some, you know, on the other hand, we have the COVID situation. So, you know, so situation is getting changed and change and updating, updating. So, but the many ceremonies coming up. And, and for those that, um, I also, when um, uh, Reverend Ito was here in the summer, he gave me a poster um, about uh, this, these events coming up, and I put it up in the, uh, it's right in the window of the Valley Streams office, so mm -hmm. um, you can, uh, well, I, I think that some of these, these addresses for the websites are on the poster, too, so uh, that's, that's up, and we'll, we'll um, when we when we get back to our center, uh, hopefully next month, um, you'll be able to cruise by that and uh, and get these addresses as well. Um, so, really appreciate your being with us tonight and sharing all this history. And um, no, thank you very much. Yeah, it's very it's very uh, well. It, it creates us uh, kind of but. Uh, it's interesting because 2022 20, uh, is uh, the 20th anniversary of this Sangha. Oh. This, this, this Sangha was uh, uh, started in uh, uh, 2002. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, well, with your, with the overall 100 years, uh, and we have our 20. <laughs> yes. So that's, yeah, kind, that's, of, that's kind of nice, too. <laughs> sure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you for being with us. And I will I will um, close out with the um, closing chant. <laughs>